All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. The Oilers had a good time in Dallas, and we had maybe too good of a time out at Soho. Uh, Let's get into one of those two things with the lead. It is Oilers Nation every day. As always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio, sportscloset.ca. Christmas is coming. Time's ticking. If you haven't got the gift for the sports fan in your life, they got you three locations in the Edmonton area, Short Park Mall, St. Albert Mall, and Kingsway Mall. Also, the lead brought to you by Soho Yeg, where we had a darn good Oilers Nation staff Christmas party last night, and the Oilers treated us to a victory as well. They had the game up on their 100-inch screen. I had a pizza that was about this big. It was delicious. I also had some appetizers. They were good. I also I had like one or two Ryan Cokes with my good friend Chris Chalmers. Just a couple, though. Kept it light. Uh, Liam, you were also there last night watching the Oilers beat the Dallas Stars by a score of 6-3. to three, And you also had a Ryan Coke or two. Or were you a beer guy last night? They have a lot of beers on tap there. Man, I ate so much pizza, I struggled to drink anything because I was just so full from how good the pizza was. So it was that's, hard to eat. That's why I left. <laughs> so that's actually why I made the switch because I started with a couple of beers and then the food came and I was like, there's not room for beer and pizza in uh, in my stomach. So I had to switch to something yeah. a little less filling. But it's a great little spot. I've never been there before. And uh, the, pizza, like, the pizza, like, I'm not exaggerating when I say it's this big. Like, it's huge. When... So you get the menu and it's not really like an option for sizes. Yeah. They just kind of come out and it's like, yeah, this, this is, your pizza's this much. I can't remember how much it was. And they just bring out this like massive like pizza stand. And next thing you know, they're like bringing out pizzas. It was 
it was so my table, it was me, Bagmail, Zach, and a few others. And they literally, ha- we had to move stuff around the table so that yeah. we could fit three pizzas on the table. And it was a big table. It was a big table. Yeah. It was a big table. Not big enough almost. Uh, the Oilers played really well last night. We'll get into all that. We are live on the Nation Network YouTube as always. Liam, what is our light goal today? And explain it. Today's light goal, 71. The amount of goals Matthias Janmark has scored in North America. In North America, as in like since he came to the NHL? Yeah, so he scored 69 in the NHL and he scored two in Bakersfield. 71. All right. Sure. And Matthias Janmark had a pair last night as well. We will get into all of that. Um, Chris is in, says Shore didn't play and the Oilers win. Is it a coincidence? Dr. Gonzo says Big W, Nuge is huge. Tyler Mulek's in, love the lines last night. If the boys play like that and Woodcroft deploys them correctly when this team is healthy, Kane McLeod, I don't see much need for a trade up front. And uh, my boy, Captain Felton, hello, sir, asked me if I had veggies when I got home last night. If you're a listener of uh, Oilers Nation Radio or Real Life, you will know that my go-to drunk snack when I get home is just a nice frying pan full of frozen veggies, a little bit of butter in there. Um, But I am sad to report I was way past the point of being able to operate (laughs) anything. Like a frying pan? No, that was not going to happen for me last night. It was... uh... It was just one of those nights. It was uh, just one of those nights. So no, no veggies um, for me last night, although they sound very good right now. Uh, the year of the Nuge continues, Liam. A goal for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And what a goal. Like this guy is on the heater of heaters. He is now top 10 in the NHL in goals. It is rumor. Sorry, he's 13th in the NHL in goals. He's now top 10 in the NHL in points. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is one point back of Sidney Crosby. That doesn't even make sense. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, what a season this guy is having. And we'll talk a little bit about whether or not it's sustainable in a bit here. And I think we can all agree, you know, he's in all likelihood, what's he on pace for? 18 goals in 34 games. He's on pace for like 45 goals. I think we can all agree he's probably not going to score 45 this year. A slowdown will come. But regardless, let's live in the moment, Liam. It's a lot of fun watching this guy do what he's doing. He's playing the best hockey of his career. Out of everyone on this team, Nuge is the one you all always want to see succeed. Uh, that man has been through thick and thin with this organization. Yeah. And it's just awesome to see him have this success in the way he's doing it, too. Like you said, like that goal yesterday, nobody in the world could have stopped that. Holy smokes. Like he. A bullet. Down, absolute laser past Ottinger and then two assists on the night too, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Like that whole line was just buzzing, but Nuge was the one leading the charge for sure. And it's, it's good now because there was always kind of the conversations, oh, can he kind of drive his own line? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he can now. That that debate is out of the question. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is his team's second line center right now, or playing like one at least. Yep. He is tied for 13th in the NHL in goals. And I know a lot of this might be like, oh, well, he's just playing on the power play with McDavid and Dreisaitl, blah, blah, blah. He is tied for 15th in the NHL in even strength goals with 12. Let's talk about the players who have the same amount of goals as Ryan Nugent Hopkins this year. Matt Kachuk, Rupe Hint, Jack Eichel, Kyle Connor, Braden Point, Brock Nelson. I mean, a few of those guys are legitimate stars in the NHL. And I think... We're starting to have that conversation this year of, you know, Nuge probably going to the all-star game with his friends Connor and Leon because he's having that type of a season. And when you look at this Oilers team, like 
new like I mean top ten in scoring, he'll end up at the All Star game if yeah. you're if he's at that pace in February or whatever we're at. The Oilers could have. Nuge, Connor, Leon, and probably Stuart Skinner in the All-Star game because 25% of your division's goalies go to the All-Star game. I was thinking about this, actually, just on the All-Star game quickly. Yeah. Hyman's going to miss it, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's, yeah. That just seems, that sucks. You think he's an All-Star too? Man, he's having a career, yeah. He is. He's, he's also having, having a good year. He's having a great year. Like I saw the stat yesterday. The others, uh, maybe it was the only team or one of very few teams that have four... Mm-hmm. Score 15 or more goal scorers for whatever. Four yeah. plays with 15 or more goals. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And yeah, one of them is going to miss the All Star game. And like, we don't put a lot into the All Star game as talkie fans, but like, it's cool to see like our mm-hmm. players there. And yeah, like, I think Hyman or Stuart Skinner is going to be like that fan vote, I would assume. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, Skinner is probably going to get there on merit when you look at his numbers. And like, again, because they send two goalies from each division to the All-Star game, right? Mm-hmm. You look through the Oilers division, Logan Thompson's probably going. Okay, there's yeah. one. Uh, the Kings have two terrible goalies, three terrible goalies. The Kraken aren't getting good goaltending. The Flames aren't getting great goaltending, although Markstrom is starting to turn it around, to be fair. Canucks aren't getting good goaltending, um, and Thatcher Demko is hurt. And San Jose Anaheim are both junk, so there's no way you're sending either one of their goalies to the All-Star game. So Skinner and Thompson are probably the guys with Markstrom maybe being on the side on a bit of a watch list. But um, the vibes are good here in Edmonton. They were not good on yesterday's show, and I don't think one... Win should be doing all that much to turn our spirits around this holiday season, Liam. But there was a lot to like about that game. So let's get into the three big things presented by Cornerstone Insurance, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage, home, auto, commercial, whatever you need. They have over 90 years of success. Find out more, cornerstoneins.ca. Liam, we have been begging for it for so long. Split up the big guns. Oh, yeah. Put McDavid and Drysaddle on separate lines. And yesterday, in the morning, it was, nope, same lines as last game. That's how the Oilers skated. And then Jay Woodcroft, he's a sneaky little devil. He pulls a fast one on us in warm-ups, and he ends up going with a totally different combination of lines than we were expecting. It was Connor McDavid between Zach Hyman and Yessa Puliyarvi with that trio on the ice. The Oilers were outshot 7-5, but they did get a big goal late, and the shot attempts were 14-10 to in favor of the Oilers. I like that line. I thought it was a good look. Let's go to the second line. Dreisaitl in between Fogel and Yamamoto. When that trio was on the ice for 10 minutes and 18 seconds, the shots were 9-2. to two, The shot attempts were 14-7. to seven, The score was 1-1. One to one. Nuge between Klim Kostin and Matthias Janmark. When they were on the ice, the shots were 6-3. to three, The shot attempts were 13-10. to 10, The goals were 2-1, to one, all in favor of the Oilers. And the fourth line, which brung up the rear, playing 6 minutes and 37 seconds as a trio, was Hamblin between Holloway and Ryan. The shot attempts, 5-2. to two. The shots, 4-1. to one. The score, 0-0. Zero, zero. A dead even on the scoreboard for that fourth line. I really liked this look, Liam. And I wasn't a big fan of going the big three down the middle. You were. Yeah. And it worked last night. Yeah, and look, those three guys are basically the hobby of your offense right yeah. now. So, like, my my belief around it before it happened was just try and try and spread it out a bit, a little bit and try and find some sparks. And I know even to what you've been saying, like put these team plays in duos. And like, mm-hmm. I think we kind of saw that last night with I'm in a McDavid sticking together, mm-hmm. dry side and Yamo have had success before. And then new Jin Yamark have been kind of buzzing too. So I liked it a lot. I liked what I saw from different guys too. Like, Poyavi grabbed a point last night. Fogel had a really nice goal. Clem Carson had a great assist on Yanmark's first goal. Like 
there was contributions from almost everybody and that's what the Oilers needed. And a lot of people were saying there's like, this might've been that best game of the season. And it came against one of the best teams in the NHL on the road. So credit to the players last night, they showed up and put an end to that losing streak. That it's a difficult losing streak because it was mistakes that caused you to be on that losing streak. And you lost the easy part. Like yeah. we looked at December, Liam as a chance to just run wild and rack up a ton of points. And it was like, okay, there's some tough games in there, but a lot of spots that looked like easy, soft matchups. And, the Oilers blew it in those soft, easy matchups, yep. which almost makes it frustrating watching them last night play so good. I think one of their most complete efforts at five on five we've seen from them this entire season. And it's like, if you brought one fifth of that against Anaheim, you blow them out. If you yeah. eliminate those big mistakes, right? Like against St. Louis, you were close. You did play good in that hockey game against Nashville. If you play, if you brought half of what you did against Dallas, you win that hockey game easily. And that's frustrating to me because this team needs to find a way to stop playing down to their opponents. Last night, like Jay said, Oilers going to oil, right? It's just weird that they find a way to show up against these good hockey teams, but it's also an indictment because they need to play better against the bad teams. Yeah. And I, I said it before that the Anaheim game I chose, I didn't feel like this team was dropping down to levels of mm -hmm. poor opponents. Like they had a good result against Ana, uh, Arizona, uh, yeah, Arizona only like the week or two before. Right. And mm -hmm. yeah, they were so poor against Anaheim, but to like come out and do what they did against Dallas, it's reassuring to know that like this team kind of has it in them. I guess you could say like it wasn't perfect in all departments, but yeah, like I guess sometimes too, just like keeping the same lines together can be stale. Sometimes you got to like just change things up a bit. But that's why I like the duos because I think yeah. you get a nice mix of that, right? You yeah. keep guys consistent with one partner. They start to develop chemistry and maybe that third piece is what you end up rotating around. One thing I liked too was just like, the, like I mentioned before, the play of Costin. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they didn't just like throw him right onto a line with McDavid and Dreisaitl and put him next to news to kind of ease him into a more offensive role, I guess you could say, and like gain more confidence and... I think we saw it last night. You finished with two assists on the game. I know I'm pretty sure one of them was the empty net, but still, like to get the point, like this matters. And the first play that he made on the Yam mark, like that was great to like drag it around the net, take a couple of guys, like kind of mix things up on the Dallas defensive end. And Yam mark is an easy tapping on the back door. And you just need kind of levels of confidence. And it seems like yeah. like the four goal goal, like great finish. Like I said, another point for Puyavi. Like hopefully this team can start buzzing now. Like they have another winnable game on Friday against Vancouver. Like Let's hope this Edmonton or the show up and not the ones from Anaheim. Yeah. And uh, my second big thing is something you guys are talking about in the chat right now. And that was just one credit to Woodcroft for doing this, splitting up the big guns. But then I thought the way he deployed everyone worked really well in that hockey game as well. Only one Oiler forward played over 20 minutes in that game. It was Connor McDavid who logged 20 minutes and 24 seconds. So even he was just barely over 20 minutes and then you look at the blue line no one played over 23 minutes in that hockey game for the oilers and i think that's good you want everybody feeling like they're contributing like you don't think clean costin is going to be skating you know a little bit lighter in a bit of a better mood a little mm -hmm. bit more motivated next game sitting there going damn you know i played over 11 minutes i got on the score sheet a couple of times i got to play with ryan nugent hopkins who's tied for 10th in the nhl in points like Damn right. Play these guys with skill. Give them meaningful minutes and we'll see these. I think we'll see more results like what we saw last night. But again, this team just has to find that consistency. But I really like the way they distributed the minutes. The one the one spot I don't love is Dylan Holloway only playing 751. But he's on your fourth line. 
I, yeah. I think if your fourth line, like Hamblin was up at 943 and actually he killed a decent amount of penalties as well, which is something we need to, uh, to talk about too. But, um, your fourth line is going to play, you know, seven to 10 minutes and it's, it sucks. Holloway's there. They should probably be putting him in Bakersfield. My sense is they probably would if they were a hundred percent healthy right now. Um, but I liked all that aside. I like the, the way Woodcroft distributed the minutes. Yeah. It felt like a, a Woodcroft game. I guess you could call it, right? You're the, right. The Woodcroft yep. we knew back last season, and I don't think we've seen that a lot this year, but that's what they needed. Like, this, I think this team buzzes more, and it's, it's going to be a very obvious point mm-hmm. when everybody feels contribute, like they're contributing and doing something positive to this team. And yeah, like the Holloway thing, I think one thing for Holloway that maybe keeps him around, like obviously the injuries, but also the fact of like something's not going right. Say Fogel gets hurt yeah. in the game. Holloway can be elevated. I don't know if you can do the same with Tyler Benson or someone like that. You know, I think he, he adds a different layer of flexibility to your lineup and I'd like to see him play more. I think he deserves to play a little bit more, but also, mm-hmm. like you said, played in the fourth line, the, the whole team played well. It's not like he was bad. And it's sometimes difficult to give him an extra couple of shifts. When you look at that line ahead of them was the highest scoring line. The yeah. one above that is dry side and the one above that is McDavid. Like where are you kind of filtering him in? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are the guys on Barnburner still going, you think? <laughs> I would have, yeah. They are okay. I keep seeing so the guys at Barnburner usually our technical producer Alex Allard. He does Barnburner from ten thirty until noon Mountain Time, and he quickly transitions and does our show. The geniuses down at Flames Nation thought, what if we'd had ten different cocktails throughout the course of their show today? And they've basically just been getting blitzed on the air. It's hilarious. I was watching some of it. Very funny. They're not even like really talking flames. They're just just drinking. four dudes drinking. <laughs> um, but I keep seeing Alex in the bottom of our corner laughing. And I think it's so funny. And the first time I saw him laughing is after I said Nugent Hopkins could go to the All-Star game. And then I look and I saw Alex laughing. I'm like, 
I don't think it's that ridiculous of a take to say that Ryan Newton Hopkins is going to be an all-star this year. I don't like your attitude, Alex. Then I remembered he's watching Rhett Warner drink Ryan Ginger live on video. And I'm like, yeah, no, that makes a, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, anyways, that's just some behind the curtain stuff. Our second big thing was the way Woodcroft handled the minutes. The third big thing, you guys are on top of it in the chat. I see a bunch of you guys, Tyson, McKay, everyone uh, chiming in a little bit. Quaddy's talking about it too. Darnell Nurse, the blue line is still a big topic of conversation. There were some rough moments in that game. And someone said, you know, Darnell Nurse just didn't get burned last night. But Mark is in. Second star's goal was on Nurse, not in position again, 100%. And I think he's in a tough spot where he's probably trying to do too much right now. He's trying to really force his way out of this slump. But my my third big thing is that the blue line was still not good. And on that second goal, Darnell Nurse goes up the ice to forecheck. Okay, so you're you're making a pinch. You're taking a risk. I don't mind my defenseman, especially Darnell Nurse. He's talented. Take a risk every once in a while. But it needs to be effective, and it wasn't. He went and waved his stick a couple of times, missed two checks, could have disrupted the play once at the other team's blue line, once at the red line, I think, if I'm remembering that goal correctly, and then came back. And where did Wyatt Johnson come down the wing and score from? Nurse's side of the ice because Darnell Nurse is on the wrong side. Cody sees he doesn't really read it well because Nurse is just doing a full big loop around the ice. And it ends up in the back of their net. And it's, I get it if you're Darnell Nurse. You want to try be impactful and do good things and get out of this slump, all of that stuff. But I think you need to be smart and I think you need to keep it simple. I think another thing on top of that too, especially on that goal, it was Clem Costin was the forward that kind of had to come back and was caught flat footed. You're asking a rookie forward, essentially, why does he play like 50, 60 games in the NHL to like play like reliable <laughs> defensively? Like it's kind of a tough ass too. Like Nurse should recognize who's on the ice with him and kind of understand yeah. that too. And I agree, like Nurse is good enough to go up there and kind of cause an impact, but he didn't on that play. And it's something I've noticed too, like Nima Linen does it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's something Dave Manson wants to see his t- defenseman do is get up in a rush and like kind of get deeper. They were aggressive last year, and that was something Bakersfield always did. Yeah, so I don't know if it's working right now because this whole team isn't working well as a defensive unit, so Mm -hmm. it's probably not a good idea to allow your defense to kind of attack that heavily, especially when they don't need to when you have such good forwards. Like It's not like the others need extra goals from defensemen, you know? They're kind of getting it from everyone offensively up front right now, too. Like, So I don't like it that much. I think Nurse needs to... I think he's... Like you said, like he's trying to do too much to get himself out of this stuff. I think if he simplified his game a little bit more and just played like the Darnell Nurse we we saw last season, or mm-hmm. the Darnell Nurse had 16 goals the year before that, or whatever it was, like I think he'll be fine. But yeah, just maybe chillax a little bit. What do they call him, Doctor Two Five? Yes, Doctor Two Five. Yeah, don't like that one. <laughs> name's nurse not doctor uh mckay's in and says i really liked how i really liked how kulak and barry played last night i was actually really surprised when i pulled up the numbers on those two last night because their numbers were putrid like brutal really? they both got outscored and i thought they played fine too so maybe i just shouldn't read all that much into the numbers and there were a lot of shots from distance that were getting through which is a compliment to them as well but with kulak on the ice at five on or in all situations the shots were eight one for dallas and with barry on the ice at five on five i should add because i want to take power play out of that for barry they were nine to one for dallas 
It's like, that's not, but again, credit to him because I think they kept a lot to the outside. Because the one goal that Barry was on the ice for, him and Cece got caught out there together. Yeah. I think that was just kind of a bit of an awkward change and odd man rush. So you can yeah. kind of forgive that. And it was a sick shot from Rupe Hintz, I think, was the one who got it. Yeah, I didn't think right. Skinner got across the crease that well yeah. on that one, but it was still, yeah, it was, it was like a one timer from Rupe Hintz. Um, but, Tyler just said in the chat, Barry's been our best defenseman, which is wild to say. And I like kind of agree to an extent, like defensively, I don't think he's our best defenseman, but I do think he does a lot positive in the game. Like he's very good with the puck. Obviously the power plays, he's a king of being the power play QB. Like I've yeah. liked him a lot because you don't hear about him a lot. And like we talked about, I can't remember if it was this show or O and I, isn't he like top 10 in defensive scoring or something like that this season? It wasn't like eight. Yeah, Tyson Berry tied a franchise record with an eight-game yeah. assist streak yesterday. Like he is quietly just d- goes about his business. Like defensively, yes, you would like to see more from him. Like you said, they were outshot yeah. nine to one. But like I feel like we've seen a lot of improvements in him in the last three years. I think Kulak and Berry is a solid pairing. We saw it in the playoffs last year as well. So we have like a solid sample size here. Like Kulak is the Berry whisperer yeah. for whatever reason. He seems to get the most out of him. And again, the stat sheet wasn't pretty for those two last night. I think their game was largely okay. Jacob says Nurse was our worst defenseman last night and he wasn't even overplayed. Yeah, it's concerning. A bunch of you guys were talking about, uh, I mean, Ty Corpazin says they should shelter him. He freezes a lot with the puck. I just, again, think he's overthinking everything. I think his game's just in a really bad spot right now. And I don't know how you get out of it. I think you need to keep it simple, but he's trying to force it right now. And, And I think that's the reason why maybe his play is hurting a little bit. There was another comment in here. and I, Sorry, I forget who sent it because um, there are a lot of you commenting right now uh, asking about why he's always going down in the crease. And that's something that's got to be coached. Like 100%. they all do it. Yeah. And I think as an observer, it drives you nuts. But what they're trying to do is take away the passing lane in front. But I also just think that nowadays players are just so skilled that they're going to step around you and fire it out. You need to play it a little bit differently in that, in my opinion. Yeah. I think just for stuff like nurse you know, laying flat on the ice, if you see other players doing it, not just that, but like other mm-hmm. things, like I said, like jumping up in the rush too, like that's coaching. Mm-hmm. The players aren't just doing that on their own. Like sometimes, sure, they're instinctively, but like you even look at the one Bouchard when he got benched against Washington. Yeah. He went down on the floor to try and block uh, him coming across. Yep. Right? Like that's something they obviously practice on the mm-hmm. daily. 41 likes, by the way, right now. Let's get those flowing in. Just hit 42. Oh, 42. We're, we're cruising. If you're watching on the Nation Network YouTube, hammer that like button as well. Captain Felton is in, says, bring back Keith. Let him pull a Gronk. I'm sure the NHL would be largely pretty pissed off if the Oilers went and did that. Um, just because it's, he retired, the Oilers got $5 million in cap space. And instead of having him at a $5 million cap it, he'd come back for like league minimum on a prorated deal. And it's like, ooh, um, I wouldn't hold your breath though. I don't think that's... Uh, I'd rather have cool... Uh, well, Kulak, but also mm-hmm. Chris Russell just returned. I think you need someone who's been playing games. I, I, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> but if I was going to pick one, I'd probably mm-hmm. want the, what is he? Chris Russell's 35 compared to the 41 year old Keith. Yeah. So our three big things from last night brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance, splitting up the big guns. It works. The Oilers get goals from depth pieces because of it. Yanmark pops home too. Warren Fogle scores one as well. And then it was McDavid, Hyman, big guns doing some work. That McDavid goal. I mean, his release, he's leading the NHL by three goals. Yeah. He is 29. I think Thompson is 26. It's unbelievable. And that release 
if you watch it, I the TNT broadcast showed a, a, a close-up angle of it. He goes and he's shooting and his blade opens up, which to me is like, okay, you're opening up your blade a little bit. You're going to toss it upstairs. And I think that's what Ottinger was thinking too. And then somehow he still just rips it on the ice five hole. Like he opened up Ottinger, I think, perfectly with the way he opened up his blade a little and then boom, five hole before you could blink. Uh, goal scorer's goal from 97. We're getting used to saying that. The most dangerous player in the NHL and he shows us every single night. That was literally his first shot on goal. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he was held off the shot clock. Yeah, and he just slid it right through him and it's just like, man, like, come down the ice and who, I think he was going down with Hyman too, wasn't he? And it's just like... I, it was a four-on-one. Was it a four-on-one? Yeah. And it's like, there is only one man I want to shoot this puck and it was him and he just absolutely buried it and you could kind of see the emotion. Like, you don't see that. Like, I've seen McDavid yeah. score 20 better goals than that. Probably 50. And We don't usually get the F yeah after. Yeah, but he was like jacked up to score that one. And that was probably such such a relief for the entire team to like get that insurance goal and not be like, okay, we're coming down to the last couple of minutes here. Like, no mistakes, none of this stuff. We don't want to go to all the time again. Like, then... Captain Captain McDavid shows up and seals a yep. victory. Curtum is in. If you can outscore one of the best defensive and goaltending teams, you should be able to beat the majority of the other top 16 teams. And yeah, like that's what's frustrating here is that there is no reason why the Oilers should not be riding an insane heater right now. If you go back to the last couple of games, like again, show up, arguably one of your best performances of the year last night against Dallas. You had beaten Nashville last Tuesday. You should have beaten St. Louis. That's inexcusable. You should have beaten Dallas. That's inexcusable. You should have beaten Nashville again. That is inexcusable. This team should be riding a five-game winning streak right now. We should be talking about a month of December in which they would have only lost one game, but you blew it. And that's it's just it's inexcusable that their record's not better right now. And yeah, I mean it's it's as simple as that. But they are now just one point back at the Kraken. Kraken have played three less games, so that's a little bit. You know, not great, um, but they're now three points back of L.A., who's won three in a row. So you're keeping pace with the Kings to an extent because you got a game in hand on them. Vegas is, you know, not playing at their same pace as before. They're six and four in their last 10. Um, but, you know, you got a matchup with them in January. Maybe there's a maybe there's a door starting to open here for the Oilers. Nine points back of the Vegas Golden Knights with a game in hand. So when's our first game against Seattle? It's coming up. Yeah. They play Seattle uh, next then, Friday. Okay. So that's a big one. Yeah. Obviously, if you're three points back, uh, sorry, three, they're three games back of us, but like haven't played as once yet. So that's going to be big. And it's a thing we've said it before and they blew it against Anaheim, but they haven't played the division a lot. It's mm -hmm. going to help them a ton down the stretch here where they're the ones going against the division. I feel like the other teams in the division have played each other tons. So yeah, going to benefit the others. Just got to find a way to get two points. <laughs> Steven says, I'll just say it. I'm getting sick of watching the Oilers play lights out on the road and phone it in at home. It's flat out disrespectful to the fans paying the crazy Rogers fees. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a take. They are. They have not been good at home. They're oh. nine, eight and one. And that's average at home. They are traditionally a good team at Rogers place. That's something this Oilers team actually usually does well is defend home ice. Um, for whatever reason, I don't understand it this year. They've laid a couple of stinkers on home ice and they got to turn that around. What was the last big win they had on home ice? Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota Vegas. Friday night beat them 5-2. They beat uh, Arizona 8-2. That was like a big win, but I don't know about a statement yeah, win. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like yeah. last year we had the Rangers game. We had the Winnipeg game. I think those were both before the new year. Like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with what Steven said there, where it's like, these guys aren't showing up and 
They've lost to Buffalo, Anaheim at home. Like they've lost to bad teams at home this year. At Calgary, they lost to Battle of Alberta. Like I agree. Like we're as fans, we're paying a lot of money to go. You would like to see them have some consistency at home, at least. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Ryan Nugent Hopkins off the jump, and I want to do uh, talk about the numbers behind his heater a little bit and how good it's been. His individual shooting percentage, like we mentioned, he's 10th in the NHL in scoring. He's in the top 20 in goals. Only one player in the top 20 has a higher individual shooting percentage than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Connor McDavid, um, but that's usually a sign that things are going to fall back. And we talked about Nuge a lot early in the year, and this was something where last season he scored 11 goals in 63 games. He shot 7.1%. We said he was going to turn it around. We should have expected a bump up from Nuge. We didn't see this coming. 18 goals in 34 games. I think we both agree. You know, it's, he's shooting over 21%. That's going to come down a bit. Even if this is a career year, he'll probably end somewhere around like 16 or 17, which means he's due for 34 games where he shoots at a 10% clip, which is still better than he did last year. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to keep scoring. I think if I had to peg the number, and I'll ask for your take on this too, I'll say he ends the year with 32 goals. What say you? I'll go with 35. Just to, I think the thing that I'm, I'm trying to run in my head right now is the goals that he's scoring. Like he's, he's scoring legit goals. That shot last night, I just can't get over that. I could watch that all day. Put and it even, on a loop. Wasn't it the Nashville one? He went posted in, didn't he, or something like that? Mm-hmm. Like he's scoring. He's not just getting like tap-ins. Like he is scoring goals and he is creating them himself. And I think that's, uh, like, like, I don't think that rate is sustainable. Like, what did nope. you say? Twenty one percent. It'll come down. But I just, I just got a feeling like he's feeling it right now, and yeah. that's what. Like, we kind of saw him go cold a little bit because what, mm-hmm. like, kind of right before the other start game, better again. He was like kind of off. He wasn't really getting shots and yep. all that kind of stuff. So, like, we've already seen it slightly. So, if that's kind of the run again, he goes, and I could still see him getting close to the forty goal mark, but. That'd be unreal to have Nugent Hopkins 40 goals in a season. Like I'm not holding my breath on that, but you're right. It would be yeah, unreal. It'd be awesome. So I believe in the Nuge. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, he's just he's scoring great goals. And that's what gives me some extra confidence in him. Jacob says it's a different Nuge, man. I'm not putting it past him. And the other thing I looked at, just in terms of his production as well, the Oilers shooting percentage when he's on the ice, which again, that's when he's on the ice, how many, what percentage of the Oilers shots go in? It's at 9.24% this year. That's actually lower than it was at five on five for him last year. And he's basically around that mark a lot of seasons or his career. So I actually think the on ice production could stay the same. I think we might get a run where maybe he isn't scoring as many goals, but he's scooping up a bunch of assists as well. I think he, I would peg him to finish the year. I said 32 goals. I'll go a little bit higher. I'll say he finishes with like 34 and then he adds on like 56 assists. I think he could legitimately be a 90 point guy this year. I think he'll be a 90 point guy. That's kind of what I was also thinking is like, maybe if he's not scoring, he's still feeling the buzz passing the park and finding guys. And yeah, he is making plays around him better. Last night he played with Clem Costin and Matthias Janmark, who both started the season in the AHL. And they were the highest scoring line on the ice with a team when McDavid and Dreisaitl both played. And Jason Robinson, who's mm-hmm. another great scorer in the league. So he's just doing a lot of good things. And I love him. I love you, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. An interesting question here from JHB. And I want your listener questions on the Nation Network YouTube stream as well. Hammer that like button. We are 16 away from our like goal today. So if you're just tuning in, tap that little thumb up. Do us a solid. JHB says, when Kane comes back, does Ryan get waived instead of Yanmark? Hmm. Ooh, boy. 
that like that is a really interesting question because you don't want to take in my opinion either of them out of this lineup but ryan is the odd man out in that situation if you gave me the choice i you you're trusting yanmark with top six minutes or you did for like two weeks and jacob says probably hamblin but it's a cap thing, right? Like the reason yeah. Yanmark wasn't on this team at the start of the season wasn't because he didn't play his way onto the team, Liam. It was because they couldn't afford to keep him. They were like $100 under the cap with their LTIR pool. They need to move out one of the guys if everyone's healthy. And that's a big if. I get that. But they need to move out one of the mil- million yeah. dollar plus guys on their roster. Yeah. So assuming there's no trade by then, let's just assume that. Mm-hmm. Devin Shaw won't go down because he makes such little money that they probably need to keep him up. Yeah. Everything, right? So we'll stay. Hamlin will be gone. Yeah, Ryan's probably the guy. I would assume, like... Does he clear waivers? Probably. probably. There's too many teams that are in such tight spaces. Yeah, that not a lot of teams can afford them. And there's no way, like, a rebuilding team's no, going to take a stab at that guy. They wouldn't. They wouldn't want to. And then... You know, you can maybe call him back up for the playoffs. Like, I like mm-hmm. Derek Ryan. I think he's a reliable player for this team. I think he's a mm-hmm. really good bottom six forward. Um, but yeah, like, I guess thinking about it, I haven't really thought about it a lot. I don't even, because I don't know what else you do. Like, people are saying, oh, you just send down like a combination of two guys. But again, go back to the beginning of the year. They were running more or less a bare bones roster. Yeah. Right. I think they maybe had an extra D man kicking around. Then they were playing 12 and seven. Yeah. Literally, everyone they had available was playing. So more I or guess. less. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, they had one D-man healthy scratch every game. Like, you, Unless you're going to run a 12-6 and six roster, I think maybe you could do it. But that's tough because there are going to be nights where you're playing with 17 skaters instead of 18, and that puts you at a disadvantage. Now, this might be a silly question, but I wonder if other people are thinking this too. If you send someone to Bakersfield, they don't have to go, right? No, you could just paper transaction it. Can they still practice with the team and everything? Because I'm pretty. I think this happened with Devin. Yeah. Shaw. Or do I they have to can... practice like after practice? Are they kind of like a black ace? Somewhat? I think you can. I think you can do it. I think you can like keep them around and not. Because I don't think there's any rules saying that. Like when guys are on the IR, they practice with the team, right? That's so I think true. it's a similar thing. Because like they're not. I don't think the Oilers would send. Send him to Bakersfield, that him being Derek Ryan. Mm-hmm. You're asking, what is he, 36 years old? I just don't, he's, he's from Edmonton, isn't he? Like, he's not going to go. He's from Spokane. But he, oh, he played, played his, yeah, played his so, uh, U of A hockey year, yeah. He grew up in Edmonton, at least, or yeah. whatever. So I'm sure his family's here and everything. He's like, they're not going to send him to Bakersfield. He's probably going to sit at the top of Rogers' place and be a cap thing where he skates yeah. with the team and everything, unless he is going to be gone for a long time. But yeah, I yeah. guess maybe Ryan is the guy, but I, I, I wouldn't like him to be the guy, mm-hmm. but he probably will be the guy. Unless Yamak falls off. Dream homes with Alex. Apparently the Oilers are out on Chikorin. We talked about the yesterday with Frank a little bit, and he doesn't see Chikorin as a great target for the Oilers. Does that mean we'd be patient and see what teams are selling come deadline or risk overpaying for an Edmondson or Gavrikov? Yeah, if you're going to jump and try to get someone now, you're overpaying. You're giving up a first yeah. no matter what for either one of those guys. And you're waiting like you need to wait for the market to kind of take shape because if you look at the standings right now who's selling in the nhl well in the west or in the pacific okay anaheim and san jose they'll be sellers arizona and chicago they'll be sellers no one in the atlantic is selling in the metro it's columbus and potentially philly i guess so you're looking at six teams right now all the other teams are probably looking to buy to some degree there's a couple teams in a weird mushy middle spot um 
you know, I don't think Ottawa is really going to sell off or do anything crazy like that. Vancouver is probably that team in the mushy middle. But the point I'm getting at is if you let the market breathe a little bit, Vancouver falls out. There's one team, Nashville or St. Louis. I don't, one of them's going to fall out and be a seller. So you're going to add another team there in the Atlantic. Eventually someone there will be forced to sell. Again, I don't see a ton of fits between the Oilers and Ottawa. Montreal is still kind of in the race. There is a chance Florida's out of the playoffs. Oh yeah. They have 34 points in 34 games. They are tied with Buffalo, even though they played two more games. They are a point back of Detroit, even though they've played two more games. They are seven points back of the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though they've played two more games. The Florida Panthers are in a world of trouble and the Oilers should be licking their chops because if you look at that Panthers lineup and if Bill Zito goes, I got to sell off and try to get some stuff back. You're tempted at the idea of Radko Kudis, aren't you, Liam? Two and a half million bucks. He's a right D, not great. You'd have to flip him to his offside. He's hurt right now. I also understand that. But if Florida was willing to keep half of that, man, Radko Gudis on this Oilers blue line, you talk about getting harder to play against. You talk about getting mean. Radko Gudis probably checks some serious boxes for you. Oh, yeah. That was the name I was going to bring up. He's a a cheaper option, Mm -hmm. 100%. So, been around for a long time. What's he at? Like, is it over 700 games, I think, right? Is that too high? I can't even think. I don't know. But, we're both hungover, so people shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't have been expecting quality from this. He's a he's a good player, and yeah, mm-hmm. like I guess to answer the original question with like Edmondson, I mm-hmm. don't think the Oilers should go after Edmondson because he has an extra year on his deal. We were agreeing on yeah, that. Yeah, it's do you need the flexibility every single year, and you can't be putting three million into mm-hmm. Joel Edmondson, Gavrikov? I agree. I think he would be a good fit for this team. However. Like you said, like, do you really want to give up a first round pick for a guy who probably the same as Kulak? And like we spoke about many yeah. times, you only had to give up a second round pick in Lagerson. Like, I'm probably looking around to make a similar deal where I give up my second or third and like a Nima Linen. Second and Nima Linen for Gudis. I think that sounds that's, decent to me. That's probably where I'm looking. Someone who can kind of fit that price tag and you find yourself another Kulak. And what did they give up for Kulakov a couple of years before? Was it a fourth? Fourth or fifth. Yeah. Fourth? yeah. Like, those are the deals I think Ken Holland is looking for. I don't think he's going to try and move first round pick for a defenseman like that, especially after yesterday when we spoke to Frank and they said the number one priority is add another forward. Mm-hmm. To me, that says where they want to put the first round pick. Yeah. It's probably a two way sentiment. And TC chimed in with a question uh, on a scale of one to 10, how certain is it that Holland moves the first rounder this year? And I'll go ahead. I see Quaddy said seven. Um, Rusty, the reckless optimist is in and says six. I'm going to go a little bit higher than both you guys. I'm going to say it's an eight. I say there's an 80 to 85% chance Ken Holland is moving that first round pick this year. I think he's going to get a bit of an itchy trigger finger, especially if this team starts winning a little bit and we're at the deadline. Maybe they're at that point, like five points back of Vegas and you sit there, you go, we had a couple of head to heads against them. Maybe we can still catch them. Like they got to play better hockey. They got to put themselves in a good spot. But I really do think there's an 80 to 85% chance that they move the first round pick. Um, we were talking about Florida. That's maybe a team that could be looking to restock. Someone said, give me Forsling. I saw Tyler said that That's a couple okay. other people. He's got an extra year at like two point some million. I don't think Florida's going to move him because they're not trying to rebuild. They're just going to replenish this offseason. They got a ton of money coming off the books. I don't think they'd move a guy like Forsling such a value deal. And they've also just spent so much the last couple of years, which is kind of why they made that Max Domi deal too last year, right? To help mm-hmm. out Carolina is like, okay, we'll get an extra pick at yeah. least. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how uh, the Holland thing, I, I said this on ONR the other day for Assy Ideas. I think it's a 10. 
I think he's gone. Blocked. It's the only. He's called the scouting department and been like, guys, don't even don't look. look. Yep. I think Man. so. I think that's his plan. And there's too many players out there that warrant a first round pick. I feel like it's also not 100% been there the last couple of years for the Oilers. Where, yeah. Like they got Kane last year. They didn't need to go out and get a new four. It's a really good there. draft class, though, eh? It is. It is very good. I will not deny that. There is lots of good players, especially out of Western Canada. Like there is tons. Yep. But eventually, the others have got to look past the draft. They do. They've got to think, when are we going to put our hands on Lord Stanley? And yeah. this is the only year where Holland's been around where he's kind of made a point of like, yes, the first round pick is available. The other years, he's been a little bit offish of money. Wants to say around, I feel like this is the year that it's, it's Gonzo and I'm more than happy to say goodbye to it. The last few years, I was a little honestly unsure if they should have, but this year, I, I think this yep. is the year. TC says the scout has spoken. We have a little wooden gavel somewhere. Bang. When you talk <laughs> about prospects, the scout has spoken. You hit your little gavel. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good players in this draft. That makes me nervous about trading both the first and the second. But if you yeah. move JP, maybe you can get an extra second back from someone. Maybe you get a third back from someone if he starts playing better. And it's like, okay, you replenish a pick there. Then you go add. I don't know. Uh, Reaper threw in a trade suggestion. I always love these. Uh, he said Gavrikov and Gustav Nyquist at 50% retained for a first, a third, Pugliarvi and Rodrigue. Third becomes a first if they make the finals. So basically, potentially giving up two first, Pugliarvi and Rodrigue for two rentals. Don't love that right off the jump. And also, Columbus says no. I know the Pugliarvi thing, everyone likes to bring up the Finnish connection with Kekalainen and Laine, but I mean, the reason, like, Kekalainen could have picked him. He picked Dubois. Yeah. I think, I think maybe Kekalainen knew something. Yeah. The, uh, if anybody has some good Finnish connections, it's probably him. Yeah. That's so, sorry, just quickly. I think the, the realization the Oilers fans need to come to with Pugliarvi is yes, we all love him. I don't think the 31 other teams in the league love him as much as we do. You. We were all pumped to see him finally get a goal the other night. And I think that's the only way the Oilers trade Poyavi is if he starts contributing and scoring points. And now he's been back to our games where he's got a point. He needs to be a more impactful yeah. player if other teams want to start being interested in him. Yeah. And Olivier Rodrigue, fine prospect. Columbus has Daniil Tarasov and Elvis Merz-Lickens. They're set in the crease for the next decade. They don't need a goalie prospect right now. So that that package doesn't make sense. I don't love Gustav Nyquist either. I think you can get someone who's much less expensive than that to play a similar role for you. Because again, you're not going to need him up in the top six. Keaton says, would you rather move this year's first or Reed Schaefer? Uh, Reed Schaefer, friend of the show. Yeah. Also... This year's first. Reed Schaefer's closer to contributing. You don't lose that. You need value deals coming into the NHL. Holloway, Borgo, Schaefer, that's your next three. And you know what you have in Schaefer to an extent. Like we obviously yeah. haven't seen him in the NHL. We know what he is. You don't know who you're getting with that first round pick. What if you get Alex Plant again? Sorry, Alex. Plant. We know you're watching yeah. from I think always in the comments section somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Alex Plant, always kicking around. We're six likes away from our like goal. So if you're watching on the Nation Network YouTube, hammer that like button today so we can get to 71. And then we'll get towards the wrap of today's show. Steven says, I'd trade Carter Savoy before I trade a goalie prospect. JP Savoy Broberg are my big three baits. I don't think Savoy has a ton of value outside of Edmonton. That's a guy where you're not getting a lot for him unless some other team happens to just love him. But you keep that guy, you develop that guy. Um, yeah. If he hits and he turns into, like I always like comparing him kind of to Phil Kessel because I know they're similar builds, right? They're small and they have good shots. I want that guy. So I, and me and you are maybe a little biased here, but we like him. I like Savoy. And 
I think when the Oilers look at prospects, they've mm. got to look at guys who have a bit more upside, I guess you could say, to yeah. like trade. Like Savoy, I think, can score a lot of goals in the NHL. But you look at a guy like Tyler Tulio, who can kind of score goals and also be a bit like gritty. I yeah. think teams would value him more than Savoy. Uh, Quaddy said, Broberg seems injury prone. And what you have to remember when you're doing this stuff is if we, Oilers fans, are looking at Broberg going, ooh, he might be a little injury prone. I don't know if he's ever going to make it. Other teams are looking at him and going, ooh, a little injury prone. Yeah. That hurts his value. So, and I saw someone making this point on Twitter. They were like, oh, you just trade two firsts in Broberg for Chikrin because the Coyotes want two firsts and a high end prosper prospect for Chikrin. The Coyotes might look at Jacob Chikrin and be like, we don't think he's good. Or they might look at Philip Broberg, sorry, and be like, we don't think he's good. And then what do you do? Right? Like, you can. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, maybe. The coyote, yeah. Like, what if they don't? What if the coyotes (laughs) are sitting there saying, no, the prospect's Dylan Holloway? And Ken Holland says, no, the prospect's Philip Broberg. Yeah. You're not moving Dylan Holloway in that deal with two other first round picks. You can improve your team a better way than that. You don't have to do that, is my point. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, All right. 67 likes already. Let's get to our Betway bets of the day, Mr. Liam. I got two. Also, the Leafs are in action right now. I don't know if you saw that. Why? It's their next gen game. They do this once a year where they play at noon and the crowd's full of kids and all of that. I was riding the Austin Matthews shot prop in this hockey game, and I'm just checking what he's at right now. He's at one in the first. He needs five. So giddy up, Mr. Matthews. Um, What do you got tonight in the NHL, courtesy of our friends at Betway? Well, I'm going with another gentleman who needs a few shots tonight, David Pasternak. Does anybody shoot the puck more than him in the NHL? The answer is no, I think. You are correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so four and a half shots for Mr. Pasternak, minus 118. You would think, how often does he hit this? He's hit it four of his last five. It's a high total, but he crushes he it. He loves rubbing the pill. He loves to score goals. He's going to get paid, actually, this summer. He's going to get a lot of money in his bank account. Dude, he, like, if the cap goes up the full four and a half million, which again, we think it probably will, he's going to get 12, 13 million. And you know who I like to pay him that much? Potentially Boston, obviously. Yeah. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. That's a man. You want a marketable superstar who can just be electric? Pastor next year, guy. A lot for Seattle. of personality. Ton of personality. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Seattle, if you're watching this, GM Ron Francis, it's time, man. I know you're in a playoff spot. Tank, sell Carson Susie, <laughs> sell some other assets, bring Susie home, get Bedard, sign Pasternak. You'll win a Stanley Cup quicker. Just Get out of here. Get out of the playoff race. Uh, two away from our like goal. And our nice. second pick, Zuccarello. You like him this one. Or is Dude, it- he's hit this in like 11 of 12 games yeah. and they don't move the line. At this point, it's free money. Yeah. Minus 134. It's not incredibly juicy, but like Tyler said, what was it 11 of last 12? 11 of 12, 12 of 13. Like he's on yeah. a stupid run. And usually when guys go on a run like this, like earlier in the year, Darlene was hitting mm, it in like, oh, he hit it in like 11 of 12. It was crazy. And they boosted him he was all the way at like minus 210 they're just not moving the zuccarello line i don't get it because nobody watches the minnesota wild they're boring yes so there you go mm-hmm. two free picks for tonight two locks knock on wood two locks <laughs> uh who did i pick tonight on daily Faceoff live i like the rangers against the islanders that's a good spot the over in seattle vancouver is a good spot and artemi panarin's crushed his shot prop in four or five so we like that as well shout out to our friends at betway 19 plus please play responsibly the oilers won as road dogs yesterday so if you're one of those people 
that bets on the Oilers every game. Like we do. Yeah, you got a little bit of extra money in your account. So let's see if you can keep it rolling into the holiday season. Uh, Tyler Mulek says, right now, Seattle has 20 mil going into next offseason. Yeah, like that is right now. And I think uh, the cap sites are already factoring in the 1 million increase. But if it goes up another three on top of that, Seattle's going to have 23 million bucks. They have to sign. They don't need a backup because Chris Dreger will be back. Um, Carson Susie, they may look to re-up. That's it. Pretty much everyone else is under contract. Seattle has $23 million. Once Dreger's back, I guess it'll be 20 even to basically go and improve their team as best as they can. You don't want to blow it all because you're going to need big deals eventually because you want to lock up Baneers and your other young pieces at some point. But they will be major players in the free agent pool. I wonder about them maybe wanting a guy like Bo Horvat. Keep him close yeah. to Vancouver. He goes to an American market. I, I think there's a lot of players on the market coming up next year that Seattle will be itching to get their hands on. And that's a desirable place to play. Yeah. Seattle's a good little city. Mm-hmm. I've uh, been there once. Went to a Mariners game. I have been there once and been to a Mariners game as well. We hit our light goal. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm... I'm feeling kind of inspired by what the Barnburner guys did, and I want to do a fun Christmas show tomorrow, too. Are we having 20 drinks on the show tomorrow? No. Oh. Good Lord, no. I don't even want to think about putting alcohol into my body right now. Um, but maybe we'll make the set a little bit festive tomorrow. Bag okay. milk will be by. Yeah. Okay. If you got some ideas in the chat, let's make this a, a fun community thing. What, what, what can we do tomorrow? Give us some fun Christmas games, maybe. I don't know. We'll have some Christmas-themed segments. Yeah. Tomorrow's a game day too, actually. So Jay will be swinging by. We'll have a fun. We'll have a full fun show. Fun, fulfilled show. Twenty <laughs> rusty. Twenty drinks in forty-five minutes. I mean, you just the stream doesn't even end. It's just me and you like <laughs> blackout. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Maybe we'll have one or two. Actually, I don't know. Maybe I'm warming up to that idea. Not not doing what the barn. They're seasoned pros down there in Calgary. Yeah. They've been doing that for a long time. We're just a couple of rooks up here doing our first live show. They've been doing it for years. Now. Yeah. We'll get to that. So Tyler says power hour, one ounce of beer every minute for an hour. <laughs> so you basically take a sip every minute um, or a little bit more than that, depending on how big your gulps are. Um, so every 12 minutes, you got to crush a can of beer. So that means we'd have three during the, uh, you know what? I think we're getting into a dangerous area with this. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, Chris walking says eggnog. Are you an eggnog guy? No. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> it's like, it's fine, but I don't like sit there like, oh man, Christmas, finally I can buy oh, eggnogs. Uh, no, I don't it's think about that at all. Eggnog is not a thing in England. Not a thing. Really? Oh yeah, not, never heard of it until I moved here. It's, it's not bad. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, hey, I'm not shitting on it. It's just not my favorite thing in the world. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, we crushed our light goal today. Shout out to everyone uh, watching on the Nation Network YouTube. Flynn says, I've heard power hour is like seven cans of beer. It, we're not doing it is the point. Um, you know, we do like to function while we do this show. And again, I don't really trust myself. Uh, Dr. Gonzo, Christmas pudding. Eggnog and coffee, says Katie. She says that's the best. Yeah, I could see that as like a sweetener. That makes sense. More of a one. Bailey's in my I had company. one last week. An eggnog or a coffee? I like combined. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it good? No. Sorry. Oh. Uh, I missed who said that. Maybe if, hey, there you go. If people want to like slide into the DMs, maybe, and we can try a few things tomorrow. How about this? So we really did just wait to the last minute to plan this, eh? So we, 
aren't going to be able to do our food bank donations because the others aren't going six and two. Yeah, you're right. So we'll do a thing. We'll add that to it where like likes or we'll donate something to the food. Yeah, bank. that's a good call. And then we'll also do the the one where people suggest stuff. Was that something? That sure. Why not? Yeah, let's do that. And we'll decorate. We'll do some decorating. As yeah. you can see, Tyler mostly built a studio, so he can clearly decorate. Mm-hmm. They're really lovely. Me and here. you did this with our own bare hands. We'll put we Santa on the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll come awesome. up with some good ideas. Maybe we'll finally let Alex show his Grinch Photoshop that he keeps putting up in the preview yeah. on our uh, on our broadcast. We'll let Alex have some fun behind yeah. the scenes and throw some more stuff on that. I don't know. A Christmas edition of the Sherwood yes. Ford Giant pregame show tomorrow on Oilers Nation every day. That is coming your way. Um, a lot of ideas. Every ounce of beer drank five dollars donated. <laughs> We're not doing that. I don't trust myself, people. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. Shout out to our friends at the Sports Closet. Again, sportscloset.ca. I'm sure they'll have some great stuff going on Boxing Day as well, so you want to check them out. Also, Soho, we had a great time last night. Thank you very much. Also, Cornerstone Insurance and our friends at Sherwood Ford, their mobile service center is legit. Find out more. There is a link in the description of today's YouTube video. Tomorrow's a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day. Tomorrow is our last show before Christmas. And then next week, I should put this out there all to you now. Game days only next week. So it'll be a Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. We'll be off Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that's what's coming next week. But we will talk tomorrow. Happy holidays, everybody. And uh, enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you on Friday. Bye-bye.